0: Hello and welcome again to the Mike Thras podcast. I'm listening to your host, Mike Thras, and I feel like going a bit deep again with this one today. I, I, I tend to introduce a lot of these podcasts with that that kind of precursor, that preliminary comment that yeah, prepared her to go deep. And I think that's the point of dealing with subconscious reprogramming and really consciously changing your life, living your most highest heart inspired life which is my passion and it's something that extended to all my books and even all the podcasts which you probably have come across at this point and even as I'm speaking this I can actually feel my throat kind of constricting my heart opening because I feel whenever we communicate about our reality and communicate our, um, how we like to change that I feel a big part of the allowing changes to go into our emotions and how we're feeling and, and being willing to dive deep and be authentic in what we share. Pardon me. So what I'm really feeling inclined to share, what I'm just really taking a few breaths here to think about and feel, because this is a, an episode that's probably been in the, in the pipeline for some time. It's been sometimes it's my last episode. Is yeah really applying the Neville Goddard principles, pl- applying them for conscious manifestation. So I've touched a little bit about the I am, the, the idea that something that Neville Goddard is really passionate about, and I had I feel like I have talked a little bit about Neville, but as a little bit of the background to Neville or why I feel his teachings, in addition to a number of Law of Attraction, New Thought, and Prosperity Consciousness teachings. Around kind of changing your reality through your thoughts, through metaphysically choosing to believe in a reality, is that Neville's teachings seem to really bridge both the law of attraction and the kind of the awakening I am in personal life. Kind of the Joseph Banner self selfless service to the divine. They're, they're really stepping into your complete. Power that the Ekatole spiritual purpose of awakening, the awakening. The, the awakening is your purpose, and through waking up, the, your further purpose is to express that awakening in the world. To consciously live your reality and share your gifts. And what I love about Neville is, is yes, he, he builds on Law of Attraction principles, and it's something that he was really passionate about. And and the Neville who basically grew up in Barbados and migrated to America and predominantly lectured in both the East and the West Coast of the US Um, wrote a number of fantastic books, The Power of Awareness is a particular highlight but I've even, I just recently made the drive back to Melbourne for Mother's Day and and packed up my home and I'm in this real space of endings and beginnings which I talk about in my second book at the moment, The Usageco that there's a I think there's a, a reader of about 10 to 15 books of Neville's back to back and they're just incredibly transformative and in really empowering you to go within. And it, it's something that I'm really passionate about on on this podcast channel because I feel I've been led in a certain direction as Neville has been led and this path of kind of teaching and, and sharing what I'm passionate about. But at the same time and, and this is what Neville is also very good at and is when you're led in this pathway, you literally are led to the space of practically applying it. You know, it's about not only living the promise, the promise of a devil is to literally be, become God, to recognise you are God. And the law of, further than the law of the attraction for the devil is connected with the promise is the law of the assumption, that you're assuming and in wish fulfilled that, that whatever's that coming to you as a divine impulse, in recognising that you are God, that you are the promise, that you 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 are the I am, you are, that your own human imagination is God. Such a radical teaching for the time that that Neville was teaching all the way from the from the forties, fifties up until the early seventies when he passed away, is this balancing force between the two that you are. To actually understand it, it seems to be this, you almost have to be in the situation to apply it. And I've been applying it a lot over the last few years, but I feel like going a little bit deeper now that actually getting to help you understand it. And, And what is the law and what is the promise? And how can we actually understand that our own human imagination is divine, is what we're creating our reality. So, the idea is that our beliefs create our reality. But we're unlikely to recognise that unless we believe that our beliefs create our reality. And even to be afforded the awareness to actually question beyond a reasonable, logical, enforcerly coherent patterning that that reality is kind of built around reason, that it's actually about effort and force and doing in the world, to to come from another perspective of multiple states of consciousness, that we're all actually acting within a play, a play of awakening, which I talked about in my third book, that reality is not so much about the effort and the doing, it's more about what role or archetype or state of consciousness you're aligned with. There has to be some form of space open up in our awareness. There has to almost have been a shelling up of the identity, the release of attachment to identity and ego, a spiritual awakening that's kind of created this space to question. But that that awakening, it's ultimately having to work through a space of suffering. It could be relatively instantaneous as in a near-death experience, but a near death experience is also somewhat traumatic for the people and the, and the situation, the people around it. Someone like Anita Morjani had, um, I think, stage four cancer and was basically expected to die. It was almost given up to death on a, in the hospital. And all her family, she would been preparing, she'd been suffering at some time. But there was this space where she had this near-death experience she's under and she connected with her guides and she was able to kind of make that choice to come back to reality. So from that perspective, the, the near-death was almost, it, it was this final shift where she was like, I don't want to continue creating suffering for myself anymore and this is similar thing in the awakening experience and this realization that our thoughts and beliefs create our reality and more than the thoughts and the beliefs which is is what i've kind of become more aware of and talked about in my books and what i've been working at recently in my my fifth book which i will be releasing in the next few months be king queen remembrance of i am this idea of being the king queen conscious a sovereign being a sovereign I am, that you are the divine, and the divine ultimately is beyond limiting states. It's actually the promise that you are God, and hence you consciously create through believing it, through allowing it, is the recognition that more than thoughts and belief is your imagination, your subconscious is the creative reality. And that can be hard to decipher because even in the, in the implication of the subconscious, it's below the conscious mind, the, the, below the conscious programming. But the conscious mind is also connected with the subconscious. So there's, a, there's a connection between the two because the way you speak consciously and act and make decisions and thoughts is both affected by and affects the subconscious, and hence why affirmations, and environment, and really being mindful of what you say and think, and who you surround yourself with, is a huge, yeah, a huge way to consciously change your life. My second book, The Ascent Code, was one of these books, and and you, you, some of you guys may have read this book, and, and you may be really interested to learn more about it and I, I don't want to go too far into it on, in this episode but I feel connected with Neville. It, it was kind of my way of of engaging the promise, understanding the law of the attraction and uh, recognizing that we are all divine. But it seemed to happen perhaps like Anita, Morjan. It happened involuntarily. It wasn't a book where I set out to write a book. I was very much focused on my first book. Uh, the book that was about transitioning to a new career path for me, which was that of an author and believing in my dreams and applying the principles I'd learned along walking the, The Way of the Isles, the Camino Francais, and the Portuguese Way, and the the Camino Pilgrimage of 2015, where I just felt fairly different after walking about 2,000 kilometres for about 90 days and coming back to Melbourne. And I could perceive that the way I was thinking, who I was around, and what I valued as important, all my relationships had dramatically changed. As I was intending to kind of understand, and I was getting drip the, the the steps to as to what was next. And what was next was to become an author and, and follow that path. But in the, the challenges of becoming that author and eventually um, writing a first draft in the manuscript and really consciously changing my reality is that this second book, The Ascension Code, kind of involuntarily came through me through both the Ascendant Masters messages, which I, I channeled through working with the Ascendant Masters. For a lot of 2016 and, and using it as a daily practice and, and then really kind of connecting with that frequency of, and the number of masters wanting to kind of provide messages of healing and, and higher consciousness and transformation and living from the heart, which was something that I really needed to apply in order to continue on this path of, of the promise of, of realizing that oh, I, like you and everyone, we are God and we can consciously change our life. But it wasn't about, the changes were about necessarily a lot of doing and forcing it wasn't about the reasonable logical going out there there were steps involved in each chapter of the essential code there are some form of action steps but most of them are, are meditative. they're internal and they're all guided around the space of your reality changes through change your inner perception of self your conception of self and that, in order to enable change, is they're really about helping you see that you are God, that you are divine. But either writing the book, feeling it, and endeavouring to apply it and receive a conscious income for this has been really challenging for me over the last few years as I've, I've endeavoured to apply it around my social circle and, and found that you may also have found that a lot of them are seemingly fallen away and, and, you, and you feel completely different to your old network, your family, to the old person. And there's this sense of, there is a sense of loneliness and isolation at times because you no longer feel the way you used to feel or, or perceive reality in the, in the limited perception it used to be. So there's this integration phase where you are being moving towards change and, and the universe seems to be wanting you to step into power. You've already awakened. Because awakening is simply glimpsing this realisation that you're already full. So there's not a, a threshold on awakening. Awakening is a state, but to, it's almost like a practice, that you, you like meditations are practice. You continue coming back to the space of being full, whole and complete, as we're all full, whole and complete. And so what seems to happen is you are led towards conscious manifestation. That these impulses in the heart that were always there. It's not like you just awaken and then you could similarly yoke and that. You're being encouraged to apply the lessons and, and actually create conscious transformative change. But the change is not facilitated by the old way of incessant force of doing. You're being kind of <laughs> thrown a tightrope where you've got to walk the path of conscious manifestation. You've got to walk it where you literally got to listen to the heart impulse and apply these principles about law of attraction and law of the assumption and, and cross-conscious, which is all embodied in this new thought, teachers but it feels so hard at times because it's not the way we're programmed to act. <laughs> and it's almost like wanting to thought your way out of the paper bag that the old way is just to rip the bag open to escape and try to get oxygen. You know, it's like getting in a body of water with if you you go in there with all your clothes on and your shoes and, and if you've got to struggle you've got to go straight to the bottom of the lake. But if you you remain calm and you breathe and you apply conscious tools around, yeah, being aware of your surroundings, your thoughts, you watch your thoughts, you actually apply the principles day after day, the the panic drops away and the reality drops away and hence you're encouraged to apply these principles that are actually allowing you to live a higher inspired life and that's where I'm at at the moment and what you may be also with you go through the awakening experience, you, you can't simply go back. I I watched The Matrix again for the first time in probably at least 10 to 15 years. And I knew they, I know vaguely about the background, I think, you know, the, the, the idea of the red and the blue pill, but to kind of watch it again after going through an awakening experience and and understand and apply it to the different but there is this kind of, this... Yeah, there's this is melancholy about the red and the blue pill. They take the red pill and rather than the blue pill, where they go back to sleep. The red pill, in taking the red pill, it's like the truth's revealed and you can't go back, either if you wanted to. But it's kind of like your awareness is at the space where you're leading this path for a reason The. It may have felt really comfortable to live a life that was comfortable. I lived a very comfortable, lethargic, uh, risk-averse life for probably 20 years, um, from you know 10 through to 30, of being going to Catholic schools and being very much focused on marks and not being a disappointment, and then to kind of go the other way and, and do the opposite. It, it, felt, it has felt really challenging. And... At the same time, there's not really any way to go back. There's not really any pathway back. You can't go back to applying things the same way. And and what seems to happen is you're consistently provided with tests, <laughs> opportunities, experience to to apply what you've learned along the journey so that you can really assist people on feeling good, whole and complete in their own reality but it can feel a little hollow and at times it has felt a little hollow and particularly when you go through cycles of change where you might be in a real flow state for a long period of time and you're in that real organic receiving mode and things are happening but it seems to be when you're kind of you're aware that your thoughts and beliefs create your reality you're imagining your reality you're applying conscious manifestation steps but there has to be this level of attachment, detachment. Sorry, that kind of facilitates it. So it's like it is that tightrope where the your heart is saying, "Okay, we want you to step into this space, but we also don't want you to want it. <laughs> you can't want it. Yet it's also what, out of the heart is going to want you to want. So it doesn't seem really make any sense. How can you manifest something? that the heart feels this impulse to want, yet you're also by wanting it, it's actually keeping it away. Well, this is the idea of the promise. To apply awakening, understanding spiritual awakening, to be a conscious manifester, to live a conscious reality is to literally Believe, see that you are already full, whole complete. To act for the spirit of it is something Carlos Castaneda and Don Juan talk about. They act for the divine. The promise is that they are divine. They literally don't look for the reality to affirm their worth. Their reality echoes their worth because they already feel worthy. And their worthiness comes to the recognition that they are I am. They are divine. They are God. It's not anything in the external that's going to show that, and hence you can be detached from whatever's wanting wanting to come through because it's not you that's wanting it. It's not the identity, and that's that tightrope between the identity and the I am. That it's aligning with the I am is how may I best serve, recognizing that I am God, I am Jesus Christ, I am the divine, but I'm not a divine or God or Jesus Christ in terms of. Better than it. We're all God. We're all divine. We're all Jesus Christ. We're all divinity, which is so counter to what we may have been told growing up. And there may be a lot of subconscious programming below the surface that it seems to come up as a bridge of incident that Neville Goddard talks about on whatever you've been, that hard impulse is moving you towards. And what the hard impulse for me seems to be is unconditional love and it seems to be beyond the the initial law of attraction facets around relationships and home and career and and material abundance which is something i've applied in each of the the essential code and that worked really powerfully and it was beautiful is to go deeper rather than see them lacking or missing or to work towards them which they all help you be in that receiving mode is to see that you are already full and whole and complete. You don't actually have to look to manifest anything. In intending to be expression of the divine I am, how may I best serve? You literally forego responsibility for an any external identity. And it's this paradoxical thing that you give away any need for conditional worth. To affirm unconditional love, to manifest unconditional love, is to give up the need for any conditioning, for controlling, the idea of letting go. So it's the most powerful manifestation is to see that you don't need to manifest anything. And so whatever then seems to want to manifest through the heart, whether it might be giving up everything, or it quite likely will be a space of letting go. It'd be a preparedness to... Go on a new adventure or new journey to completely release any attachment to the conditional self, so it's not really about effing it, it's almost like the manifestation comes about listening to your heart and continuing to embody unconditional love. So, what seems to be the bridge of interest for me is a return to the space of where I had conditions, affirm my worth, put importance on others, on things, a situation which blocked me from receiving. And that's that difficulty I've been feeling recently and perhaps you too also, is we're be encouraged to express these this wisdom and whether that's through amazing courses or like energy healing and, and creating content, podcasts, website, just threatening um yeah, books, but speaking engagements, healing circles, where we're really facilitating a space of receiving. But the receiving seems to be really allowing unconditional love, that you ultimately give up the need for the control around how it's expressed. You will feel the impulse, and you, the heart will be moving in a direction to allow that. But it's not from seeing that you're missing it. It seems to manifest through being it. That the being dimension is the act-as-if principle, the king, queen, sovereign I am, is that it's a state that's already answer. It's acting or assuming the wish to fill, Living from the end, which is why this information and content that teacher I never got out is so powerful that, yes, it can be as simply as um, being encouraged to move through a new home and, and living in that new home. But it's also not seeing the new home, you're not actually missing anything. You're being encouraged to apply the principles and replace the of service because you already thought and you don't need to hold have the hands on the so th- fixedly firmly on the wheel of trying to control exactly how it manifests because the controlling is affirming is space of not believing it of conditionally externally attaching to what it is intending to come through so it's a full cut space mm-hmm. of allowing <laughs> allowing and loving you ultimately loving you itself unconditionally being the I am and, and from that perspective that the awareness seems to it's no longer looking it's kind of this interesting paradox between the internal and external. I was about to say you're no longer looking internally, you're looking more externally, looking how may so than the out there. But funny thing it's kind of the opposite though at the same time as internal and external. It's also an external internal that the, the ability to be of service to external is through going internally and recognising how unconditionally loving you already are. So you are ultimately being of more service externally through affirming how wonderful, full, whole and complete you already are internally such a strange paradox, but it really, you are in greater value in your friendships and relationships. When you can go into them and have a, have a conversation and go out after lunch or dinner or, or be an activity where you're so empowered in your internal space where you feel, feel oh, you can be a wonderful listener because you're not try, trying to project, preach or, or, or kind of convert anyone you don't need to convert you're not needing to manipulate you're trusting in the i am and it's such a wonderful yet challenging at times brits will apply but but that's kind of the promise the law of assuming the wish fulfilled assuming the state of the wish fulfilled is assuming that you're god and so the promise that you are god that the teaching never got out, that we are all one that we're divine we're unconditional love is, is acting as if you're already full good because to act as if, to imagine as if, is your own human imagination, is your own divine, is your own Jesus Christ, that believing your reality to be full, whole and complete, that you're already worthy, is to create a reality where everybody believes. Because you're not looking for the other to, to attach an external life. So you're a greater service to the world, to the external reality, when you're not attached to having to prove anything to them. Because you've gone inward and cultivated that wonderful inner garden within you, that inner garden of unconditional love. So thanks again for listening to this. It, it was a dive deep, but the, the diving deep is in of this awareness that there's nothing missing. There never was anything missing in us. And, and the challenge that I've been is this kind of, it being previously preoccupied with the externally out there. The greater to selflessly be the serve, the divine to be a value in the out there is to accept how uncle whole and completely are in here thanks again for listening and if you're interested in yeah learning more about this particularly investing in my books they're available for on Amazon in both Kindle ebook and paperback I likely will be releasing them on hard copy too so yeah you might like to really invest in hard copy and head over to mikethrays.com and Yeah, just really cultivate that unconditionally loving self where in living this reality of unconditional love, you're not dependent on anyone anymore. You're no longer in the suffering cycle. And while life will provide us challenges, those challenges are not connected to anyone else. They're all ultimately a reflection of your own perception of self. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.